Greetings and salutations, and welcome to the Trash Fire of Talk podcast with your host, Skits M. Jones. I am your host, Skits M. Jones. And right off the top, let's do a little housekeeping. Uh, Hey, congratulations. Thanks, all. Uh, We have exactly 420 listens. That's pretty fun. I enjoy that. Thank you all so much for checking out the podcast. Y'all mean the world to me. And I couldn't do it without, I mean, I could do it without you, but it would be really weird um, if there were no one listening. So thank you all for listening. Truly means the world. Truly appreciate it. Um, While I'm talking about that, I want to give a shout out to uh, my first five-star reviewer on Apple Podcasts. Uh, Cheers to, uh, all one word, McName Man. Uh, thank you very much for the, for the five-star review. Truly appreciated. Uh, thanks for listening and hope you, uh, keep doing so. Uh, what else we got for housekeeping? I will not be at Game of Microphones this week. Um, there's a reason for that. I'll get into that in just a moment. But, uh, while I will not be there, there's still a great lineup. Uh, I helped put it together. A lot of great competing comics, plus... Uh, Jack Baker is jumping on as a guest host, uh, so that's super cool, and Brooke Sullivan is going to be headlining, so great show set up for Game of Microphones. Uh, I will be just down the road a piece uh, doing uh, the Still Not Friday show at Two Brothers Roundhouse. Uh, I'm doing a, a guest spot on that show. Uh, David Sitko is hosting and featured comics, uh, Kat Rabarski, uh, Chris Tran, and uh, Paul Farivar. Uh So that's going to be super cool. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, it'll be my first time performing uh, at, uh, at a Still Not Friday show, so I'm really looking forward to it. And of course, I love Two Brothers Roundhouse. I had great times there when I was doing the wrestling thing. And now I get to do the comedy thing there. So, super stoked on that. Hope you all come out. Uh, show starts at 8. Doors generally open at 7.15. There's a lot of, like, table seating and great food. So I recommend you get there early and get you some of that food. Um, grab a table. Get, make yourselves comfortable uh, for the show that starts at 8. All right. That's the housekeeping for this episode. Let's move on. Uh, to the topic of the day. Uh, today, I want to talk about um, the, the ideas of uh, art and artifice and the artificial. Um, uh, allow me to elaborate. There's a, an Oscar Wilde quote that says, Man is least himself when he talks in his own person. Give him a mask and he will tell you the truth. And that idea resonates with me for a number of reasons. One, um, growing up, I've, I've always been a fan of musicians uh, and, and performers who have uh, a persona, uh, a, uh, a, a construct through which they perform. Um, you know, I mean, obviously... Uh, the first one that comes to mind when you talk about performers and personas in terms of music, uh, David Bowie, you know, but David Bowie is not uh, even the real performer. Uh, David Bowie born David Jones, 
became David Bowie, uh, and then after becoming David Bowie, became Ziggy Stardust and Aladdin Sane and the Thin White Duke. And on and on through his career, he has taken on a number of, of personas uh, and, and, and different attributes in order to uh, better uh, illustrate the, the thematic messages of uh, the, the music that, that he was writing at the time. Um, another example, uh, Marilyn Manson, you know, obviously uh, not the real person. The real person behind that is Brian Warner. Um, but the Marilyn Manson persona uh, allowed for a a different element of the music, uh, you know, and, and a lot of that ad- adopted from earlier performers like Alice Cooper. You know, uh, Lady Gaga wasn't hitting as Stephanie Germanotta. It wasn't until uh, she took on the, the persona of Lady Gaga that she really blew up in, in the public sphere. Uh, Madonna is another example of someone who uh, has adopted a number of, of personas and different uh, stylistic uh, choices throughout her career, with the most recent being the adoption of the persona of Madame X. Uh, then you've got examples like everyone in Slipknot or everyone in Guar, uh, where the elaborate costumes, the nicknames for Slipknot, the number system, uh, all serve to both uh, distance the person behind the music from the music itself, uh, and also to add uh, different uh, elements, you know, using the the themes and the personas and the constructs uh, and the archetypes around each of the the characters created to better illustrate uh, the whatever it is they want to get across. Um, but it's not just, you know, it's, it's not just music, obviously in wrestling, uh, people take on gimmicks, take on personas. Um, and it's not just, you know, names, but different attributes, you know, um, and that there's always been, uh, kind of the, the, the thought that when it comes to wrestling gimmicks, wrestling personas, the ones that strike uh, the the strongest and the truest are the ones that take an element of who that person really is, uh, something true about them, and ramps it up to 11, you know, just really takes it and, and blows it up and makes it uh, theatrical. And, you know, so there is the, the, the element of truth in it, uh, but but turned up to become something uh, almost greater than truth. Uh, and that allows people to connect both in feeling that there is a legitimacy and a sincerity in the performance, but also uh, allowing for it to be greater than uh, what just your your normal average person would be. Um, and it's not, it, it doesn't end there. Uh, in comedy, there have been uh, a number of examples of people who have taken on personas uh, to, you know, better uh, either further their careers or better illustrate the the points that they wish to make. You know that, um, for example, Larry the Cable Guy. Uh, Larry the Cable Guy uh, is a comic named Dan Whitney, 
And Dan Whitney used to perform prior to the Larry the Cable Guy character bit. Um, and and the, the origins for Larry the Cable Guy was it, it was a bit that Whitney would perform uh, to kind of mock uh, what he perceived as rednecks. Um, and, 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 and that persona, the, the kind of, uh, blue collar, uh, white trash, uh, imagery. Um, it, it was a mockery piece until it became so popular. He started to tweak the character and, uh, make it more of a celebration of those blue collar elements. Uh, and it became a full-time persona now to the point where you have Dan Whitney portraying Larry the Cable Guy, and then Larry the Cable Guy will get cast in movies uh, to portray other characters. So you have, uh, for example, he was uh, the voice uh, of a character in the movie Cars. So you have Dan Whitney portraying Larry the Cable Guy, who is then portraying Mater the uh, uh, tow truck in the movie Cars. It, it's those degrees of separation... Uh, where the the persona takes on a life of its own. Another example of that is uh, Pee Wee Herman. Uh, you know, Paul Rubens, the person behind Pee Wee Herman, uh, created the character while a member of the Groundlings improv comedy team. Um, and then the character took on a life of its own. Uh, Andrew Dice Clay, uh, it, real name, Andrew Clay Silverstein. Uh, and, you know, where is... Uh, Andrew Dice Clay is a, a crass, misogynistic, Italian by way of Jersey blowhard. Um, Silverstein uh, created that character, and it was one of many, uh, again, kind of like uh, Dan Whitney, Larry the Cable Guy. It was a persona he took on in some of his acts, along with a number of other uh, personas, characters, and impressions that Dice did. Uh, while performing until the character of Dice started to blow up and he was like, well, I'll just do that full time and write everything around that character. Um, you know, uh, Bobcat Goldthwait talks about his shifting persona uh, in his in his special You Don't Look the Same uh, either, where, you know, early Bobcat Goldthwait was a maniac who screamed and made weird noises and would light stuff on fire and behave like a madman. And current Bobcat Goldthwait is uh, an adult and, you know, older and currently more uh, restrained and uh, has left a lot of those trappings behind, uh, feeling that it just wouldn't be authentic at this stage in his life. Um, you know, then there's examples of, of how uh, that that can be used to kind of tell a truth while telling a lie. You know, you look at the movie Purple Rain, and Purple Rain resonates with people because it, it feels autobiographical for Prince, but the character, the kid, that Prince portrays in Purple Rain is not Prince. Uh, there are just enough elements of truth from Prince's background that are put into the movie that it feels authentic. Uh, and that that use of uh, of artifice, artifice being, um, you know, the 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 use of uh, a lie or a fallacy or or a misleading 
series of, of, of clues or, uh, you know, whatever, the, the mask that is worn, uh, the, the, the artifice uh, that is, is the, the mask or the lie that is put on top of something, uh, but that artifice can sometimes reveal something true, like I said, with, with Prince portraying the kid, because of the authenticity elements that were there, uh, the the fallacies, the 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 lies, the the untruths that were there, don't detract from the truth, but enhance it. Uh, but then you've got examples of where that can go awry. Uh, you've got Garth Brooks, uh, who at the height of his fame in 1999, nearly destroyed his career by becoming Chris Gaines. Uh, Gaines was meant to be a a character in Garth Brooks's uh, movie, The Lamb, uh, Brooks was going to be starring as this uh, rocker who was older and, uh, you know, it was, it was meant to be kind of a, a behind-the-music-esque. Actually, they made a VH1 behind-the-music about Chris Gaines. Um, and it was this whole construct where he was this uh, semi-emo... Um, you know, brooding post new wave rocker. Um, but it, it was, it was poorly received because what happened was, uh, you know, Garth Brooks w- took on this persona and performed as this persona did an SNL. Like I said, they made a behind the music about this persona. Uh, an entire album was recorded and released, uh, a couple of music videos and as people looked at what is this whole Chris Gaines thing, they, they looked into the fact that, you know, Garth Brooks was pushing this character, but really wasn't writing the music, wasn't writing the lyrics, wasn't, you know, doing any of that. So it was, it was obvious fallacy. And then as people dug into that, they realized Garth Brooks also wasn't writing any of Garth Brooks's music. Uh, there were other songwriters writing the major hit songs around Garth Brooks, like Friends in Low Places. Garth Brooks uh, is, is, well, at the time, you know, millionaire or whatever, but even an upbringing, upper middle class, not a a hard scrabble blue collar individual, um, was just a hell of a performer of other people's music. Um, and so all of the the feeling of authenticity of this being a blue-collar everyman who made good, it was, uh, all of that was stripped away, and it was revealed that none of it was true. The whole concept of Garth Brooks was fallacy. And so the the artifice of, of Chris Gaines was revealed to be uh, artificial, and that then echoed the artificial nature of Garth Brooks himself. And because of that, uh, Garth Brooks went on a lengthy hiatus, scrubbed every uh, element of Chris Gaines possible from the internet. The Behind the Music video is gone. Uh, the album is gone. No interviews. You know, you you can find people talking about Chris Gaines and you can find Garth Brooks even uh, talking a little bit about it in other interviews. But Chris Gaines, the persona, <coughs> excuse me, 
has been scrubbed from the internet. Uh, the, the main single from the album, uh, Lost in You, is only available uh, in covers by other artists. You know, so when, when the lie is used to augment the truth in performance and in art, uh, it, it can become authentic itself. Um, but when the lie just further uh, shines a spotlight on more lie, on more uh, artifice, on more uh, artificial or inauthentic, uh, inauthenticity. Inauthenticity. There we go. We got there. Uh, but as as the as the lie highlights other lies, uh, it all comes crumbling down. So that is that that fine balance within. Uh, performance and within art is where does artifice uh, help build the art and make it truer than the truth? Or when does artifice make the art feel artificial and break it down and make it no longer relatable, no longer true? Um, and it's, it's that, it's that fine line of, of, you know, you still have to put authenticity, you still have to put uh, your your genuineness into it uh, to allow for, you know, whether it's persona or exaggeration or, or the, the, the lies have to be in service of greater truth for it to resonate. Um, there's a, a couple of local performers who uh, have personas um you know one of them uh, a comic i i i just uh we had on game of microphones last week eddie love now eddie love is not the real performer but eddie love is the persona uh that is performed on stage and it's a wild transformation uh the moment he's on stage he is this character um you know different vocal affect uh you know different uh, uh, speech patterns, uh, different mannerisms, um, and everything from the mode of dress to the, uh, the manner of speech, all of that is done in service of the performance. Uh, and, and it's, it's wild to behold a transformation like that. Uh, then you've got, um, you know, Brian Egg, who's now taken on the, the persona of Benito Egg and how that has changed uh, performance and, uh, you know, the question of, of whether that is, uh, you know, where, where persona begins or ends uh, in relationship to truth. And even myself, um, the, the whole uh, idea of Skits M. Jones uh, you know, obviously not my, not my given name. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of my given name due to all the, the contexts that go with my, uh, my birth name historically, uh, or even just personally. Um, but the, the persona of Skits M. Jones, which has followed me from wrestling to music to comedy, uh, has allowed me space, uh, to, play with my own identity. Um, and the, 
the use of the stage and the use of performance uh, as a safe space to to explore self. Um, you know, starting with with wrestling and the 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 creation of the uh, the the iteration of Skidsem Jones as the uh, epitome of entertainment and uh, one half to one third of the tag team. Hashtag glitter bomb. Uh, as I started to e- e- explore those more uh, theatrical and flamboyant and camp and comedic elements of myself, uh, you know, changing manner of dress, um, playing with with color, playing with makeup, playing with fashion, um, all of that was was setting the stage for me to become more comfortable with my own uh, queerness and with my own uh, gender expression and, and things of that nature. And then, um, you know, carrying that over to uh, comedy, you know, it, when I first started doing stand-up, I was jeans and a t-shirt or uh, jeans and a button-down, you know, Dickie's work shirt um, doing the, the stand-up thing. And a lot of it felt inauthentic um, because I was still, uh, engaging in, in code switching. Um, you know, so even while I was trying to talk about, you know, some of the issues around, uh, gender, gender expression, queerness, things like that, I was still, uh, wearing a, a costume that told a different story, you know, similar to, um, the, the way I dress when I go to work. You know, these are these are uh, costumes that I that I put on to fulfill certain roles. You know, obviously I dress uh, more more butch and more uh, you know quote unquote masculine for my my work job. You know, it's it's uh, again an element of of code switching and code switching. If you're not familiar, is the concept of changing elements of of speech, of dress, of mannerism. Uh, depending on the environment you are in. And it's very common with a lot of uh, queer people or, um, you know, uh, marginalized uh, uh, people of color who have to go into different spaces and express themselves differently to either be uh, adopted into certain communities or uh, be given, you know, be given the time of day or just be safer. Um and it's the same with with uh, with queer people. People uh, will, you know, can go into one space and camp it up, or be uh, super femme, or super masculine, or super you know exaggerated, whatever. In however they choose to express themselves, and then they can go into a different environment, whether it's you know home with family, or interacting with the police, or you know having to go to a day job, and tone down those elements of self. Uh, to be uh, respected and accepted, um, you know. But as I started uh, on stage to embrace the more uh, camp and the more flamboyant and and the the more femme elements of myself, my performances started to feel more genuine, um, and so that the 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 stage and the the use of uh, performance 
allowed for an exploration of self that is allowing me even outside comedy to now live a more uh, authentic version of myself than I felt comfortable doing prior to exploring that on a stage. Uh, and it's even translated to music as well as, as uncouth, uh, has been a band, you know, when we were first, uh, starting out performing, um, you know, I, I adopted, uh, costumes that I felt were meant for, uh, metal shows or, you know, uh, more aggressive music performances, you know, I'd wear battle vests with spikes and patches and things like that. And, you know, ripped up, bleached out jeans and, and things of that nature. Um, but as I started to uh, combine my identities, uh, you know, both my my uh, my manner of, of dress and performance from comedy and from wrestling and infuse that into my performance from music, my performance with the band became more genuine uh, and then incorporating elements of my own, uh, witchiness, you know, using, uh, candle magic and things like that while performing on stage, uh, has all allowed for the performance to become more true. Uh, and, you know, a lot of it is exaggeration, um, but it is still in service of the truth. Um, and it, it's it's reflected well with the band. Our last couple performances have have been really well received, and uh, I for for my own personal performance, a lot of that has to do with feeling more comfortable because of the exploration of uh, identity and you know the the masks that we wear. Uh, and you know, for me, it's less mask, but there is a wardrobe. You know, whether it's uh, the, the sunglasses or, you know, the heels or, or, you know, uh, and any of my outfits, you know, they're all in service of what the truth I'm trying to perform is. Um, so yeah, there's, there's something wild about using persona and, and using the, the idea of a, of a mask, uh, to get at greater truths because of, you know, you think of a mask as something meant to hide. Um, but again, lie or, or, you know, lie, lie is a weird uh, term, but, uh, but you know, the, the idea of, of, of artifice, uh, and using it, a, a trickery of, of a sort in service of greater truth, um, is is wild and such a, a a unique feature of art and performance that I think a lot of people don't give enough time to, um, and I think I think they should. I think a lot of people would would find uh, a lot of freedom in exploring, um, you know, elements of themselves from the safety of a, a, pro, a protected masked. Uh, uh, spot. So yeah, that's, that's kind of what I wanted to talk about today and explore. Um, I, I hope y'all found that, that interesting. Um, if you did, uh, you know, 
feel free to give a review on any of the platforms where you listen or hit me up on the social medias at skits jones on pretty much everything uh or email me at skitsmjones at gmail.com um and let's let's converse let's talk about the the nature of art and artifice um something else i want to shout out i i realize i haven't really done any uh, recommendations this episode. I named a lot of performers, uh, and, and, uh, you know, especially a lot of musicians. Um, I will be putting a song from each of the, the musicians that I've mentioned into, uh, my, my playlist, which is currently on Spotify. There is a recommendation, a, a trash fire of talk podcast recommendations playlist on Spotify. Um, I will include that link uh, in the in the show notes um, and on all the social medias. Or if you're just on Spotify, search Trash Fire of Talk podcast and uh, you will find that playlist and check it out. And that's all of the songs that I've recommended from the first episode on. I'm pretty proud of this playlist. I had to go back and re-listen to everything because I did not remember all the songs that I had recommended. But yeah, I figured this was was an, uh, a nice um, accent, a nice added element of something to do if you want to listen to a playlist of songs I've recommended. Now it's all in one place. Uh, there's only one thing left to do this episode, as we do every episode, and that is the episodic tarot pull. And uh, this week's pull, uh, incredibly fitting for the topic... Uh, I pulled the Seven of Swords from the Lovely Omens Tarot deck by Keeley L. And the Seven of Swords is a card about deceit and trickery. Uh, lies or lies through omission. Um, the, the question of are you the one lying or are you the one being lied to? Uh, as, as you consider these things, what is, what is the power of the lie that is, that is happening uh, in your life at the moment, whether you're the one telling it or someone else is telling it, what is, what is the power in it? And what is the motivation behind it? You know, what is gained and what is lost through this lie? Um, is the lie in service of a greater truth? Is it being used to accent something important? Uh, or is it one of those situations where a lie is necessary or even beneficial? You know, sometimes for your own personal safety, you have to hide truths about yourself uh, through either just straight up blatant lies or lies of omission. And that's especially true in the queer community or for people who engage in sex work or other marginalized groups. You know, sometimes the lie is to protect yourself. Uh, and there, there's nothing wrong with that as a, a safety mechanism if it's necessary. It's unfortunate that it can be necessary, but there it is. Um, but then there's also the other side. Sometimes deceit is, you know, learned and practiced behavior and it's not really done, uh, for safety reasons or it's not done in service of, of anything greater. It's just, uh, done either out of habit or, uh, you know, you, you, you're maybe trying to protect someone from something that, that you've done wrong or someone is trying to protect you from something they've done wrong. Um, when rea in reality, the, the truth almost always comes out in the wash, you know? Um, 
But if it if it's uh, learned and practiced behavior, where is it coming from, and what would change uh, in in the life of the person telling the lie, whether that's you or someone else who is lying to you, what would change if the truth was being employed in those situations where uh, a, a lie is being told? Um, you know, contemplate things like that. What is what is the purpose of a lie? What is the purpose of omitting a truth? What is the the purpose in all of those things? Especially as performers, this is something to uh, think about. You know, what... And we all lie about ourselves uh, on the the day-to-day, on the regular. You know, social media is a purposefully curated documentation of one's life, but there are lies through omission. There is plenty that we don't share with the greater world. And and what is the purpose behind what we share? And what is the purpose behind what we don't share? What is it we are trying to say about ourselves? You know, because we are all using lies to get at either a truth or something we want to be true about ourselves or our lives or our experiences. Um, so dwell on that uh, for a while. That's that's the tarot pull for this episode. Dwell on, you know, what is the lie in your life and what truth is it serving and what truth is it hurting, and you know where where do you where do you fall with that knowledge? What does that mean to you once you've really looked at it? Uh, think about that and uh, you know get back to me or don't whatever. It's your lie or truth that you're exploring. Um, So yeah, that's the episode for today. Uh, I hope you found it interesting. Uh, I I certainly uh, enjoy the topic. I'd love to explore it more. Um, And perhaps on future episodes, I will. Uh, But in the meantime, I've got to get on with the rest of my day. You've got the rest of your day to attend to. So there's only one more thing left to say. And that is... Keep that trash fire burning.